Speaking of gas, there was lots of pressure on FC Dallas. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Dustin Nation and in this episode we'll be talking about FC Dallas's loss at home to Seattle and their uh, Derby Day draw in Houston. Here with me to talk it all over, back from an extended hiatus with a dog on his lap, Tristan Vick. Welcome back, Tristan. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes, I have a dog on my lap. This is Maggie. She's uh, 14 weeks old, 13 weeks old. So a lot of energy for her. Hopefully it translated into this weekend's match. At, at times, at times it did. Uh, also with us, joining us from his well-lit man cave, it's Jonathan Roz. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going pretty good, Dustin. Good. I'm ready. I'm ready for a little FCD talk. Yeah, we uh, we got our share over the weekend. A, a little bit. The FCD radio show was uh, was was fun despite the the draw. Yeah, it was it was kind of a fun experience to be up in the in the stadium when nobody else was there. Uh, you can hold your jokes um, about attendance. Uh, also joining us from fresh from the lab. Um, I don't know what he's been up to in the lab these days. Maybe we can get a check in. It's Nico Mendez. Nico, what have you been up to in the lab? I have been kind of doing a lot of writing right now, trying to wrap up the summer stuff, uh, getting ready for the semester, you know, trying to figure out what it's like to be a student again, transition into student from research mode. So it's all good. From FC Dallas and North Texas analyst mode to student mode? Yeah, uh, we're we're always in student mode. It's really North Texas and FC Dallas analyst. analyst. That's a little egotistical of me. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, what no are you Mexico studying, updates. Nico? I am studying nuclear physics, experimental nuclear physics. So I blow stuff it's, up. It's, yeah, it's closely related. Have you watched For All Mankind on Apple TV? That Plus? is a very good TV show, For All Mankind. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super like, excited. In. Yeah, no, no, I've it watched all good. the first two seasons. Yep, I'm ready for hey, the no, third no, season. No spoilers. I'm actually about to start watching that one. I mentioned that one to Dustin on Saturday night. So. <laughs> Just that it's good. That's my only totally, spoiler. totally unrelated to the pod listener, but. I mean, if you check out the first episode, you'll understand what we're talking about. And, you know, NASA's yeah. planning to go back to the moon this year and put astronauts in 2024. Listen, people people tune into this show to hear about couple, three things. Uh, me- Nico's Mexico updates, Nico's <laughs> North Texas updates, and Nico's lab <laughs> updates. So, you know. And now gonna, it's his reviews of TV shows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so now it's four things. There you go. See, it, it's it's a multi-purpose pod. It's it's super. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they might find some soccer balls on on the moon as well. Maybe we're maybe we're, or maybe we're trying to niche out of FC Dallas. It's becoming science, finance, motivational pod thing mess. All right. Well, speaking of motivational, uh, I'm going to demotivate us a little bit. Talk a little bit about FC Dallas's loss at home on Wednesdays to Seattle. It was just a day after this pod hit your podcast. Um, Jonathan, you have any thoughts about that that game? Honestly, I think that the 
despite the result, I think FC Dallas was probably the better team in that match. They had they had a number of opportunities uh, early in the match that if they had, I feel like we say this a lot uh, when we're talking about FC Dallas, <laughs> that actually uh, you know put put opportunities away earlier in that uh, in that match. I think it would have been very different. I think that there was a um, an opportunity from Jesus where he forced a save very early on. Um, and then, you know, at the beginning of the second half, there was, I think it was three different opportunities by, uh, by Pepe, uh, one of which that forced a save in the 47th minute, uh, and then a couple where, uh, one, he shot wide to the right and the other one, he kind of, uh, headed it wide to the right. So that was the, seemed to be the, uh, recurring theme during that match was just opportunities wasted. The, the club ended up with only, uh, two shots on goal for, uh, for the entire match, uh, and you know, it, it only took Rui Diaz about one minute after coming into the match to, uh, um, you know, get a shot off. Shot off uh, was blocked by Tafari, bounced back to him, and uh, caught Jimmy a little bit off his line. Uh, bounced off both the 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 cross post and the sidebar, and uh, you know, got one zero goal. And then you know, from that point on, FC Dallas was was chasing the game and. Uh, trying to create opportunities unsuccessfully. Yeah, and this is one of those games where on they had uh, Nicholas Ladero and Ra- uh, Raul Rui Diaz um, and even Brad Smith, three players that are capable of changing the game, sitting on the bench. And FC Dallas really needed to capture, um, really needed to um, capitalize. There's Really needed to capitalize on the opportunities that they had in the first half and really put them away and, and they they basically paid for not doing that the the minute they brought yeah and, uh, and you saw Rudy that in, on. in both the Seattle match and the SKC match where um, FC Dallas just really didn't create enough right and so uh, where they 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 had a lot of possession not a lot of opportunities um, and then in both matches right waited until the second half to really do the big push um, and in the case of Seattle right um, they were able to make them pay for it. Wait, so they have a designated player that actually makes an impact and like finishes chances when they wow. What, what are you talking about? Mine Frank Frank O'Hara came on. They must uh, do can scouting Seattle. differently in the Northwest. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Nico, did you get a chance to catch that match midweek, or were you on, in a bunker somewhere? I caught the match in my apartment bunker, so. Um, nice. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there, there's no threat to the United States. Um, but echoing what John, Jonathan said, um, there were moments where FC Dallas really did feel like the better team. Um, I think a lot of it is Seattle kind of has the player experience and player personnel that really knows how to grind out a result effectively on the road. Um, to where they know how to sit back and then counterattack effectively to score goals. And in this case, this is how they won this game. Um, and it also helps when you bring on <laughs> Rui Diaz from the bench. Um, but then the reason why Dallas was better was because they were able to con- be a consistent attacking threat. Um, and just like uh, in in the previous game, uh, it's it just the finishing uh, was, was not in FC Dallas's favor there. So... Um, it, it's really kind of a contrast to two different types of teams. A team that's really still coming together, trying to f- f- uh, f- 
fit everything together versus a Seattle team that's just a very well-oiled machine. And it looks like they're kind of already building up that playoff momentum that they're so notorious for. Yeah, I mean, Seattle is by far, maybe not by far, but is is definitely the best team in the league, right? And it feels like in the West, there's kind of four teams that are uh, kind of leading the pack and then a whole bunch of mediocrity. Uh, unfortunately, FC Dallas is on the lower end of some of that mediocrity in the West to right now. Um, but it does mean that there's still opportunities. But yeah, when when you play against Seattle, you've got to be on your game, even if they've got a couple of key players on the bench. Uh, otherwise, uh, they're going to do exactly what they did, which was, um, you know, come to Dallas and get three points, much like they uh, went to Portland the match before and, uh, you know, put a 6-2 uh, whooping on them. Yeah, 18 shots on goal, or 18 shots for FC Dallas, two shots on goal, uh, 24 crosses, some uh, some some big numbers there, but not a lot of fruit coming from those. Tristan, you mentioned Frank O'Hara coming coming on, um, but we saw actually a, a couple from like a, a new a new face, a newish face coming on, uh, one that you didn't really expect to see come on when they're chasing the game. And that's Khalil El Medkar. Did you have any thoughts on Khalil's Khalil's match? So yeah, I saw his name pop up, um, Nico. Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't he been splitting some time with North Texas um, earlier in the season? He definitely has. Yeah, yep. so I think that was a sign of we don't have a lot of depth um, in the, when it comes to attacking options because you would have expected to see um, somebody else who, whether it was... I mean, Vargas came in and it looks like he impressed Lucci enough to get the start on the weekend against Houston, but at the same time, I didn't think he was a game changer, so. Hi, Maggie. Yeah, <laughs> she found the doorstop. I didn't think she, I didn't think he was a game changer, but I also didn't feel like he was um, out of rhythm or out of sync, but he wasn't somebody who was, he doesn't have amazing pace like Seeley. He doesn't have uh, creativity like Paul McCall. Um, it wasn't a whole lot there. There, I guess we're talking my, about Vargas here. No, I'm saying about Medcar. Med, oh, Medcar. Okay. Yeah, All I mean, right. I thought Vargas actually had some decent runs and and looked to kind of uh, force the issue, play between the lines a little bit. Um, we saw some of that in preseason. It's kind of dropped off once the season got started. So I, w- I would expect, uh, and we did. We saw him come in in the Houston game too. So I would expect to see El Medcar. It sounds like Lucci kind of looks rates him highly now that he's kind of experiencing an injury crisis 2.0 yep i think uh another thing another event in that that match that kind of affected even the houston match was hara coming on and getting that that yellow card very late in the match kind of a frustration yellow card which saw him sit out against houston uh conspiracy theorists will say that saturday was his son's birthday and so he didn't travel, but uh, I I think it was just a f- moment of frustration for him. I, I think he was I think he was frustrated at that uh, that open goal that he completely missed with like five minutes <laughs> less in the match. Yeah, not not great. Uh, I think Jonathan, you you said this earlier off the off mic, but their Rui Rui Diaz is better than our Rui Diaz. Uh, for, for sure you know that that it's also you know the difference between six million and three million i think but uh uh it's it 
makes a makes a difference when you can uh, land somebody like that, like Seattle has. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? He, Rio Diaz is one of the best strikers in the league. Um, not just yeah, you know, he's not somebody that you know. I'm sure many teams outside of FC Dallas would be very happy to have him on his on their team. Absolutely. What are you talking thoughts? about? Eddie Eddie would disagree. I mean, we got the whole hype train thing. Come on, man. Uh, oh, I thought, you about Eddie, I thought you were talking about Eddie Munjoma, the the NTSC player. No, Eddie Munjoma, Ed, Ed, Eddie Edwin Cerillo, and, you know, Eddie Cotton. <laughs> I think they all agree that we got a good old El Tren, to borrow a phrase from our friends at Third Degree. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's put that loss behind us. Uh, FC Dallas. Uh, after that short two game homestand is now going to be on the road for a little while. Um, they, they traveled down in a Derby game on Saturday, took on Houston. It was, a it's a, it was a, it started off like with very eventful in the sixth minute, uh, their starting center bat Brusson, uh, went out with an injury. It looked like he tweaked his shoulder and brought it. We got to see Martinez come back in, um, too early. Yeah, that that's what time would tell, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because later on in the match, late in the match, Martinez actually left injured. So um, it was a, it was a really back and forth game. It was a big big uh, momentum match where as as a team would get momentum, they you know they would score goals and then the momentum would change and then the other team would score goals and. I, th- I think I mentioned this. It, it, it's, it w- I would I would have had fun watching that match as a neutral. Uh, I did not necessarily like the the way the momentum treated FC Dallas at the end of the match. Yeah, um, I would I would I, I thought the match did ebb and flow like that for periods at a time. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was um, Houston did not have a very large crowd. Like it looked like it was really spark. It looked kind of like one of those um, late. 2020 COVID crowds. And, and because of that, you didn't see a ton of, um, I just, I mean, I kind of felt like it was right for the taking. And so you could tell Lucci really was like, Hey, we could get three points here. And then when they dropped it and they kept it at a draw, you could tell that all this momentum was building up and it was just kind of a stutter. And so, yeah, I mean, I think just from a, Point in the season, going on the road, getting three points to start that road trip, the confidence boost that they would have gotten as as a club that's kind of had some really inconsistent performances over the course of a few games. This would have been a great chance. And and yeah, I mean, they kind of left with their face bruised and battered, right? With with Martinez getting hurt, with Brisson getting hurt. I mean, it's kind of, to me, it reminds me of whenever we would get to the playoffs and it's like, Hey, we're eighth or seventh. And, and and we give them a game for the first 60 and then just crumble in the last 30 minutes. It kind of felt like we gave them a game for the last 70 or so, and then just kind of lost the gas after yep. that. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about speaking of gas. Uh, there was lots of pressure on FC Dallas in the first, uh, first half that they just couldn't relieve. They couldn't gas. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to um, point out that Dustin is smiling. Like he's just told like the third funniest joke of all time. And, and really it's just, can... a, it's just a statement of how much working from home and being surrounded by nobody has had its emotional toll on him. So 
I was like this, pouring out for Big D here. <laughs> I was like this before work from home. Uh, yeah, so so lots of pressure on FC Dallas to start the match, um, and they they couldn't relieve that pressure. They couldn't find that release valve, and um, Fafa Pico was doing and Maxi Rudy relentless in their pressure. So every time FC Dallas was able to get possession, they couldn't get it out without getting being under pressure and turning the ball over in, in weird places. And, and that led to that, the penalty that um, got called on Tuomasi where he kind of clattered into Fafa Pico after he got the ball in the, in the, into the box. And then he turned around and, and, put the penalty away. Um, Was anybody else really torn watching that? Because like Rudy played for us. Pico was with us, but I was like, I mean, I'm excited they're doing well, but like they're not our players anymore. It was a very weird match. I had mixed feelings. I did not, man. It's, I mean, once, once you put on the orange, you're, you're dead to me. Yep. <laughs> Chris Seitz, Minor Figueroa. All, all those I players. I, I might give Chris Seitz an exception. I don't know. Just, he's, 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 he's too good of a guy. Not to say those other guys aren't, but I don't know. Chris but, Seitz yeah. has the GIF. The crusty so, orange. Yeah. He's got, Chris Seitz he, has he the GIF. Have the, he, exactly. So that, that evens it out because that's in there forever. Right. <laughs> the internet is forever. A Rudy's, yeah. hard to, a Rudy's hard to not like. That's a guy who he just gives you 110% the whole time. Like I think it's impressive that he's made himself quite an underrated career in MLS, I think, in terms of just over the course of his career. So I always like watching him. Yeah. So so this is another first half where um, FC Dallas just wasn't able to, to put things together in a way that resulted in goals. Um, and, and it made you wonder – like at halftime, I think the questions were the question I had was, where are these goals going to come from? Um, Nico, where did the goals come from? Came from all over the place, for sure. I mean, it's pretty fitting with this club that um, at this point, nearly everyone, with the exception of Jimmy Maurer, <laughs> is scoring goals. So uh, the newest and up in, and up and coming, and what we said last week, our solid our solid center back in Kosi Tafari got his goal, which was exciting for him. Yeah, it was a rare set-piece goal from FC Dallas as well. Not, he finished that well. I, I mean, it popped right there. I mean, he really just had the goodest foot behind it. But there's so many defenders and, and midfielders that don't see the ball like that. They would sky that or miss it and fluff it. He was just like, I'm putting my foot behind that. We just talked it's, about I'm not it. missing. And it was just dead on. That was a great, good composure, as they say, in the commentator's world. Um, so I think that'll be a good boost for him. We just talked about a center forward that missed with similar shot. No, it was it was just kind of one shot miss, or they get the deflection, and then yeah, hits the rebound. But um, and hey, scoring from a set piece, we can't beat teams from open play. Sometimes I mean, well, we kind of had a pretty good open play goal after that. But I think that the set pieces that's a good that's a good sign. Acosta actually looked pretty good on those corners uh, at times, and I thought that that was an encouraging sign. But he's missing the next match. He got the yellow card. Sorry, I'm jumping yep. ahead to the second half. But no, we're we're there. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I mean, so we, we got there's the the goal, but Tafari in the 54th minute, and then that momentum 
minimum wave was with with FC Dallas, and they scored in the 58th minute off of uh, a chance, and and Pepe got a goal. John yeah, Pepe. the goal from Pepe was great. Hey, Sus Ferreira. I mean, that's a guy who Lucci always talks about. When I, I asked Lucci about John Nelson a few years ago, and he was like, "I love John because John looks around." He looks up and I was like, okay, I guess that's a good thing. Um, but that's a perfect example with Jesus of looking up and looking around and not just going like, I got to get to the goal. Uh, and so I thought that was really good play by, by Jesus to, to look up and see that he's got uh, Pepe making a great run. He gets it right between the defenders. And you kind of say, where's this been all year? Is anybody else feeling this way? I mean, it's still frustrating no, as a fan. I mean- I've, I mean, Jesus Ferreira and Pepe have have linked up quite often this this season so far. I mean, they they were this, there was two goals in a row at one point where there were two games in a row where they they linked up for a goal. Yeah, I think when they first started the the Jesus Pepe uh, uh, starting a lineup when uh, they when they set uh, um, Franco Hara the first couple of matches, Jesus uh, and Pepe did really well. Uh, I mean. Jesus is one of those guys this year he's been up and down. It feels like when he has a really bad game, he somehow gets on the score sheet. And then when he has a really good game, he doesn't. Um, and this was this is one of those ones where I think that in the in the first half he was a bit invisible. Uh, I think a lot of that was because of the the press that F, that uh, Houston was giving to FC Dallas. They're really never able to maintain the ball in the midfield at all. Um, but then, you know, once that pressure was, was relieved, you saw Acosta pushing forward, you saw Jesus play a lot more, a lot better. Um, and I think that, you know, that short stint of, uh, uh, action on the FC Dallas side where, uh, where Pepe got that goal was the result of that. But you do have to wonder though, a little bit of, you know, how much of that was FC Dallas playing better and how much of that was Houston just sitting back a little bit too much. Yeah, that was a bit baffling, and, and Stephen Mark mentioned it on this on the stream of just once once Houston got that first goal, it's almost like they just took the the foot off. And is how much of it was them taking the foot off, and how much of it was adjustments from Lucci um, trying to to shift things around and, and and get the ball out of the back and get get around that pressure. He had Obrian come on, and that made a difference. It forces defenders who are older, slower, and it makes Houston change their shape a little bit. And I think Obreon, when he's not trying to get balls that are offsides um, and he actually stays on, he can stretch a defense. And we've seen that's something we're lacking this year. I mean, Sean is, gives us a little bit of stuff, but he missed that Barrios pace. And so that yep. does make him... Slight. I mean, they have to concede corners, right? You know, you concede set pieces, and that's how you get on the score sheet by keeping that pressure. If you're not going to constantly press and and, and win the ball back that way, then when you have the ball, you got to make the most of it. And so, I think that was a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, can't relieve the pressure. When you can't relieve the pressure, you. I mean, you can bring somebody on that you can just hoof it forward, and they can run to it. Is always a good way to get the ball out of the back and and keep that defense and, and defensive midfield honest for sure. And I'll say that just, that wasn't something I thought while I was watching the game, right? Cause looking at it, yeah, they made the, seemed like there was a little bit of a tactical switch at halftime where, uh, like I mentioned, Acosta was pushing a little bit more forward and they freed up Hesu some. Um, but yeah, I could see that that, that changed as well. Cause Vargas was having, 
You know, he had, he had a, a good last 20 minutes against Seattle and then the first half against Houston, he d- didn't really do much of anything. He's a weird player that has to be, like, played into the ball, like, played into the match, kind of. There has to be good breakout play out of our half into the midfield. And he has to be in the perfect position, I feel like, sometimes to really make an extra impact. And in that sense, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think he just didn't have that spark. O'Brien did, though. O'Brien, O'Brien looked up for it. I think that Lucci um, works well with certain players who respond better to motivation and stuff. And I think that's those are the guys that maybe become more of an impact sub, like O'Brien, who have that pace. That's that's a that's something you can actually like count on with with players like that. If you're able to motivate them and say, "Hey, look." You took number 10's job. That's why he's in orange. Go show him why, right? I mean, like, literally, you could say that in this match um, to, to somebody like Obreon and say, hey, look, that guy was where you were. So tell me why I shouldn't trade you tomorrow. Or what? I, I mean, those types of motivational tactics, I think, um, even though he's new to MLS, I think that still works. I mean, these guys are professionals. They should, if that doesn't motivate them, I don't know what does besides money. I, I do think in the last few matches we have seen uh, O'Brien really start to make a good place for him on this team as that impact sub. I, I still don't think he's the right starter for this club, and I think that we've realized now watching FC Dallas over the last couple of matches what an impact uh, Paxton has on the club. Um, so, I mean, it was one of those things that we, we talked about even at the beginning of the season that this club would go as far as Paxton would go. Um, I don't, Nico. Do you, do you have you seen anything? Am, am I imagining things? Is there a big Paxton-shaped hole that's caused uh, you know, the the drop in play the last couple of matches? That's a really good question. Um, I echo your sentiment in the fact that Paxton really does have a big and key role in this club. Um, I mean, when you say Paxton-shaped hole, I mean, of course, it's going to be the only person that can. It looks like that can fit that hole is Paxton. It's it's actually a mustache shape. Ah, there you go, Mustachio Messi, as Garrett Melser says. Um, (laughs) But I think where a lot of people's expectations at the beginning of the season, when uh, Freddie Vargas and Javier O'Brien were brought in, um, I think the excitement and possibly the expectation around those players was a little bit higher um and that's due in part to their performance in preseason um they showed that oh okay there's actually quite a bit that um fans and that the club could be excited about and how they could help ignite the attack um but as we've seen that just hasn't been the case uh in regards to those two players and it can be a multitude of reasons either anywhere from still adjusting to the league i mean you got the whole covid thing uh fc dallas is is an odd season i mean we we've talked about it before with it's lucci's third year and in theory year three should be your peak um yeah it's it's kind of a, a a lot of things but i mean when when you say paxton size hole to take it in a literal sense the only person that can really fill that is Paxton himself yeah I think that you know what Jonathan's talking about is there that spark and that positive um that 
positive drive, the drive to make every play positive towards the get towards the goal. Um, and cause you'll, you'll see a lot of the players on the team have a tendency to not push towards the goal and try to make a safe pass rather than actually like try stuff and go at, make a take take on the defender. And, and Paxton does that whenever he's got the ball and he's a, he's a good presser without the ball too. I think each player kind of does that in their own way a bit though. Um, that's a cop out. That's a cop out answer. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, sure. You can say it's a cop out, but I mean, they, they really do. Right. Um, and I think the roles are, are a little bit different. And I think part of it is just kind of the aura slash vibe that Paxton has as FC Dallas fans. I mean, he's a homegrown. There's a lot of hype around him, the whole U.S. men's national team side of thing. And of course, when he comes off a bench, he does exactly that. Um, but his role changes a little bit when he's a starter. Uh, there he kind of, it, it's in the back of his mind is, okay, I've got to go at least some some depth into the second half. I can't just give it all out within the first 30 minutes where if he's coming in as a sub, um, that changes. And that's something that you also see with uh, Vargas and Obreon and even Shun as well. Um, Shun, you kind of see where he's having his high moments and low moments uh, in these games that he's been consistently starting as well. So I, I feel like kind of your, it, I mean, and all the times we always ask the players when they come off the bench, we're always asking them, hey, what was the, what was, what was the conversation? And it's, it's the same thing over and over. It's go in and make an impact. And it's a lot of it is also dictated by what the game's asking for. So like what Tristan was saying earlier uh, with O'Brien coming in, I mean, he has that speed. He has that energy in a way to start pestering that back line. Um, already in the second half in the heat and humidity of Houston. Houston, as someone might say. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> it's a rivalry game, Tristan. We can be mean. That's true. Yeah, I would just say in terms of the way that the dynamic of the match, to go back to how Dustin summarized it, the way that the dynamic of the match, it wasn't a match that, it was a match that really needed a spark like, like, Paxton or somebody coming in. And it kind of makes you think, like, I know we're tough on Lucci about how this season has gone, but I think that if Lucci had had a healthy Paxton for the past two years, essentially, like, how much different would the results have been? And because we going into 19 we were kind of still looking for a replacement for Garezo. And it was like to shore up the defense. Um, Zigo is getting older. And Paxton was this bright spot that we were able to look at and say, hey, offensively, we're good. We've got somebody that's able to come in and be creative and push it. And, and he pushed a lot of the other young academy talent that Lucci brought up with him to be that type of consistent professional. Not just, hey, I've won every U.S. Development Academy title because I'm from the best academy. And that was great for guys like Reggie and Brian Reynolds. And then after that, this year, it's kind of like, all right, well, we need you to be healthy. And he's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then it was like, he's never playing. And he's still not playing consistently. And it's very strange to think about an FC Dallas team that's consistently able to pencil in somebody like Paxton, who's on this big money deal for a homegrown and is essentially, I mean, and 
the alternative argument is if he played really well for it was actually healthy for two years, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't anymore. be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he fits the bill perfectly for like, hey, next up on the conveyor belt for the hunts. Um, but he's not healthy, so he's stuck here. Um, that's got to be motivating, I think. I mean, I will say, though, this match specifically, um, Sean looked pretty good and is getting better each match that he has under his belt. Um, and it's good to see Lucci relying on a younger player like that uh, consistently and letting him improve. The other thing I thought was great was that Pepe didn't get frustrated and, and when the goals weren't coming. And if you want to look at what's the Pepe train, what's the next thing to look at? Because I think his finishing is pretty clean. Like the guys can score from all different types of ways. Like he's got a good instinct because that's what finishing is all about, man. You look at goals that good strikers score, and I'm not comparing him to like the best strikers, but it's about that instinct of where do I put my foot behind this ball to get it into the net? And in this situation, not how do I get around the keep? It's like, hey, I've got to score. And that means that you got to kind of think and not just blast it like Acosta does whenever he has like five yards of space. Um, but Pepe wasn't getting frustrated. And then he, because a lot of frustration, you see it in, in offsides, right? They start getting called for offsides more. They start not holding their runs. They're, they're more impatient on the balls, on the wings, right? And then boom, Asus has the perfect opening. And next thing you know, all you've got to, all you've got is this great one-on-one with keeper and he, he just buries it. Right. I mean, that's great composure. So, um, I think you're seeing it in Pepe now. I mean, FC Dallas social media has already kind of sold Paxton now in terms of them. They got their new guy. They, they're pushing behind. So <laughs> their new darling Paxton, who I guess is kind of like what I would say, but no, I think the Paxton Pepe is train. a big yep. gaping hole. Yep. And speaking of big gaping holes, the, uh, the defense left one and uh, Houston was able to, to equalize in the 72nd minute. And that's how things finished. Um, FC Dallas leaves Houston with a point. They Copa Tejas standings. They are still leading Copa Tejas with five points to Austin's three. No points for, I guess one point for Houston, uh, two points for Houston. Cause they drew with FC Dallas twice. Um, the, uh, but what's the? That is the saddest table I've ever heard <laughs> for a trophy, man. Yeah. Well, so the Texas Derby is tied right now one to one as both teams have have showed up at the other uh, team's stadium and taken a point. So I guess all to play for in in uh, the Texas Derby uh, coming up later this season. So, but uh, in the meantime. Let's turn our our gaze up to the to the far north, not too far from where Nico is right now. For Nico's ninety two second catch up with NTSC. Yeah, like you said, um, they're in my neck of the woods per se. Oh, over next state, next state, or two states over. My Midwest geography is still lacking, but they North Texas traveled up north too. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, to face <laughs> their El Plastico rival, um, Ford Madison FC, uh, for the second and last time of this year. And so, North Texas winning that first game four-one uh, at Globe Life Park in Arlington. So a lot of a lot of momentum, a lot of high in terms of that rivalry going. 
Um, the Twitter socials was pretty cool to see. <laughs> there was a lot of mess with Texas uh, stuff. So that was really interesting. Um, so a lot of excitement, but kind of a uh, uh, straightforward game, per se. Uh, Ford Madison getting a really early goal um, in... In, in in the previous games, North Texas has kind of been uh, doing really well and starting off the game with a sense of urgency and really pushing towards goal. Um, and to an extent, they did the same thing, but Ford Madison really knows how to commit numbers and be very compact to kind of limit the effectiveness of that. Um, and so they got North Texas on that quick counterattack. But really, right, and then it was kind of like that for the rest of the, the first half. North Texas slowly starting to build up that momentum uh, and attacking energy again. And then the second half, it was just all out from North Texas. It was just a constant onslaught from North Texas, it, trying to get balls into the uh, box. And uh, for Madison getting some opportunities here and there against the run of play. But um, <laughs> when it looked like <laughs> Ford Madison would come away with the win, uh, North Texas was kind of given an opportunity right out of the box. And Thibaut Jacquel had an amazing free kick just <laughs> into the bottom right-hand corner in stoppage time. So kind of salvaging a point right there. And, um, and then you see on the Twitter socials all the Ford Madison's fans saying, when you mess with Texas, sometimes Texas mess, messes back with you. So a uh, 1-1 draw for North Texas right there in El Plastico. So they get the bragging rights for 2021. And the cool part now is... As of as of recording, there are seven teams in USL League One that have twenty four points, and North Texas being one of them, sitting in fifth place. So <laughs> it is it's a very tight it's a very tight race in in the towards the uh, towards the final final hurrah towards the playoffs. I think I did hear you say uh, butt bragging rights, and so I think there's a good cold open candidate. But bragging rights. Now say that five times fast. But nope. bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. That might be a cold open. I feel like so the cold open what? at the cold open was a whole lot better of a cold open. Coldception. I, I'm I'm totally <laughs> lost already. This is like some doctoral, like inception there. Hey um, Nico, I've got a question. Is Cochrane getting any minutes? Who's the Who's the homegrown on North Texas that's that's getting minutes with the the first team. So Michael Cochran, it's been a, a bit since he's, he's played, but uh, the kind of the one player that a lot of people have been excited about, aside from Kaiser Gomez, um, is Blaine Ferry. <laughs> I gotta, Nico's real high on Kaiser Gomez. Really? Kaiser Gomez for the win. Uh, is intense individual. <laughs> Kaiser Sosa. Is, is Blaine Ferry. Um, Blaine Ferry kind of has a more subtle game per se he he he's a very solid player and does extremely well in the build-up and combination plays both playing balls out wide uh and directing the flow of the tech in the midfield along with whoever his midfield partner is sitting just underneath nikki hernandez nikki hernandez kind of taking on a bit more of a 10 role um and i would say probably the player that a lot of people really need to watch is blaine ferriel i mean in him also having some dallas ties as well yeah that guy's been around like, I remember watching him in the 17 World Cup with Pulisic and that whole gen- or sergeant in that generation. So he's been on some big national team camps, at least. So good to see him actually making an impact. All right. Yeah, I watched what? the first few, but I hadn't watched a lot of North Texas. So I was just curious. 
But the biggest takeaway is that North Texas is on a seven-game unbeaten streak, uh, and it doesn't. And it they face quality opposition. It's not like they've pay, faced the bottom half of the table. So uh, it only gets a little bit harder with this coming Saturday at seven p.m. Central Time. They'll be traveling away again to Union Omaha. Uh, this, that'll be a tough one. Uh, Nico, I saw that there was some red card action at the end of that match. Anything, any good stories there? Or is it just a boring story? It was a red card. Okay. There was, nothing, a, there was a red good, card. Like no, no pitch invasions or anything like that? No bottle throwing? No pitch invasions, no bottle throwing. All righty. There was nothing, we'll that. What? nothing, there was nothing nice. <laughs> there was nothing nice like the, like the ah, nice fans. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yikes. Leave the joke telling to the professionals. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Union Omaha next for NTSC. Jonathan, you want to run us through what's next for FC Dallas? Yeah, well, so FC Dallas, I mean, the road doesn't get much easier for them. So they've uh, the road trip continues. They go to Austin next uh, this Saturday, or sorry, this Sunday, um, to take on them for the second time. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully that game turns out a bit more like what the match did here in uh, in uh, in Frisco and FC Dallas can maybe get a couple of points there. Uh, then they turn around, go to RSL. They're home against San Jose, who has been playing actually quite well and for some reason always seem to cause uh, FC Dallas problems no matter where they are. Um, and then they've got three more games on the road. With uh, They go up to, to New York City, uh, then Vancouver, and then finally back at Houston one more time. So... Um, the, you know, five out of the next, uh, six matches are going to be on the roads. This is, this is the time when, uh, the, this club just, you know, they got to find ways to eke out some, uh, some road points. Otherwise, you know, when they come back for a bit of a homestand, it'll be a little bit too late. Yeah, absolutely. They need to get that, that road mojo that they had. Uh, they need to get that back soon. Right, there are, what are you talking about, man? They've, uh, three, three games in a row without a loss. That's a good point. I after, after after seven straight losses, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, yeah, our bar true. is set pretty low, but that's okay. <laughs> it's like going to the movie theater these days. That's right. What's a movie? All right, new guy, it's man, new guy. Motion. It's a motion picture. It's where the pictures move. Nico, does it have like a cool acronym like laser? No, 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 no lasers. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So we're gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, lot lots to talk about today uh, for a busy week from FC Dallas Bef- behind us. We got uh, Austin coming up uh, ahead of us. So stay tuned. Check us out on, on Twitter as, as at FC Dallas. Sorry, well, as at Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, Dustin is the new social media director for FC Dallas. Right. Sorry, 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 Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> uh as at Dallas Soccer Show, uh, we're online at dallassoccershow.com and thestrikertexas.com. Uh, Tristan, good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to make it every now and then. Nico, Jonathan, good to see you again. And well, they just gave us big thumbs up. Yeah, we're straight on the podcast. And yeah, you could hear up. the thumbs up. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.